TGIF, baby. TGIF. Thank God it's Friday, gonna cast out a line. Day of the afternoon, sun is flying oh so high. I'm a peaceful kind of guy, most usually. But I'm hunting on the fishes in the deep blue sea. Making sure my bait is all nice and stinky. Gonna add a little, let it make the bait go sinky. We can wait another day to do the patchwork laundry. Cause now we go and Great shows we had into the weekend. We're going to hear from Nate Blazer of S&W Guide Service. He heads up the Walleye Alliance. Plus, we'll talk a little Brainerd Lakes Walleye. And Mandy Urich is in to tell us a great Father's Day story and let us know what else is going on in her world. She's been known to catch a fish or two. All to get you ready for a weekend of fishing right here on The Big Show. Welcome back to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. The Fish and Paul Bunyan Country podcast is sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Checking in once again with Nate Blazing of S&W Guide Service. Today, though, we're going to talk with Nate about another organization he's very involved in, and that is the Walleye Alliance. And, uh, Nate, why don't you, first of all, uh, just give us a, a, a history of the organization. Apparently, it was around for a while, and now it's back. Yeah, it, it, that's exactly it, Kev. Uh, so the Walleye Alliance was probably prevalent in the Brainerd area for, I don't know, past 20 years. And then it kind of lost some momentum and steam, um, and it's been fairly inactive for approximately 10 years. Um, a group of us got together about four years ago, and we're trying to brainstorm on, on what we could do to kind of help some, some efforts in the Brainerd area in terms of walleye uh, stuff. So, we actually revitalized that, restarted it. We're a nonprofit 501c3 organization, so uh, we got uh, rebranded that and created a new board. And I guess I'd say the rest is history. I'm the president of the group. We've got, I think, five or six board members and some advisors. And um, we're taking on new tasks. Uh, you know, monthly basis, and and we're we're pretty active, and it's been very busy. I'd say the last two years, in particular, with whether it's you know youth fishing stuff, um, tournaments, legislative stuff. So a lot of stuff going on there. So you uh, you sound like you're kind of a multiple organization. You're you're obviously advocating with the DNR and the legislature. And you're also a service organization helping out and creating uh, kids' types of activities. Am I, have I got that down right? You're spot on. So I should start off by saying our mission statement, it's, we try to keep it very simple. And I do think it encompasses everything we try to do. And that statement is to advocate, educate, and promote responsible walleye fishing in Minnesota. And so our objective is to ensure that future generations have excellent walleye fishing opportunities in the Brainerd area as well as Minnesota as a whole. So, um, you know, we do work with the DNR, whether it's on stocking efforts. We've uh, supplemented the DNR stocking efforts the last two years. Two years ago, it was Pelican Lake up by Breezy Point. Uh, worked with the Pelican Lake Conservation Club and their lake association and dumped some fingerling walleyes in there. And then this past spring, we dumped some fingerling into Gull Lake. Um, we also work on lake management plans with the DNR. This past couple of years, we've worked on Gull, um, Pelican, Whitefish, North Long. 
Um, and then in terms of the kid fishing stuff, we try and be very active with the Brainerd High School fishing team, which is, it's just awesome to see how huge that's gotten. And any opportunities we can do, whether it's, you know, talking at their get togethers or at our tournaments, the, they usually have some kids that come out and help do weigh in and that kind of stuff. We give a donation towards their, their efforts. Um, and then this past, let's see, Memorial Day weekend, I believe it was, uh, we teamed up with the Brainerd Muskies, uh, Inc. group and participated in the Brainerd Parks and Rec. They do a, a kids fishing clinic that the DNR brings out fish tanks. They learn how to uh, clean fish. They do some fishing activities right off the pier there. So any activities like that, that's kind of exactly what we're trying to do is, is get kids involved. And I should mention also there's a local YMCA program that does a day camp on a local lake. And last year we provided a bunch of fishing rods and reels, tackles and stuff. So the, the kids get to fish all day. So how cool is that? You know, yeah. it's all these pictures of kids catching fish and smile, say everything. So that's exactly what we're trying to do there. Um, so uh, it sounds to me, uh, you know, like the Muskies Inc., for example, um, that's a national organization with local chapters, but it sounds to me like the Walleye Alliance is kind of an independent thing, not part of a, a bigger organization. Yeah, exactly. When we decided how we wanted to develop this group, um, it, the, the true name is Walleye Alliance Inc., and again, we are the sole chapter right now in Brainerd, but we left it as such that if you know, other chapters wanted to open up in in different parts of the state. We're open to that. Um, as of right now, we figured our plate is pretty full, so we're just doing what we can do in the Brainerd area. But at the same time, we're talking with people all over the state and try and work with the Fargo-Moorhead group, the Twin Cities group. So a lot of our missions are very similar, but you are correct. Right now, we're just kind of our own entity in the Brainerd area. Was there something that... Uh that was concerning that spurred you to get this group going again, or did you just think, you know, we should do this? Uh, well, I'd been thinking about it for a while. I knew what the past group did, and, and they did a lot of good stuff. Um, I guess the main thing that kind of got things moving ahead with, with uh, redeveloping this group was we'd been meeting with the DNR for several years, and this goes back to our previous discussion about zebra mussels and how the lakes have been changing and we were meeting with the dnr in particular on gull lake and we had resort owners like association people fishing guides um and you know we're seeing all this stuff happen and all the changes and again knowing how important the walleye fishing is for tourism and economics in the area and that was kind of the driver about what can we do can we make a difference how can we have a voice and then again legislatively speaking you know, there was some stuff happening on the base of species, boat accesses, uh, stocking efforts. Uh, and again, we can talk about a little bit too, but that's kind of what spurred our, the last two years we, we put in a um, bill that was looking to get the state walleye limit from six down to four. So that was one of our other big efforts that kind of developed out of it. But basically it started with Gull Lake and then grew from there. Okay. How many members are in the Walleye Alliance? Uh, we were, I think, approximately 300. Um, when we first started, we had a big banquet, and that was kind of our first membership drive, if you will, and fundraiser, at which we had Al Linder was our featured speaker. And then after that, we started planning our second one, which is usually in the spring, and that's kind of when the COVID stuff happened. So that 
you know, along with a lot of other organizations, made your communication with the members a lot tougher. Mm-hmm. And people had stuff going on. So what we ended up deciding to do here just recently is rather than before it was a $40 membership, which covered your whole family, we decided to waive the membership fee. And we just want members to be a part of what we're doing. And we feel if people see what we're doing and they believe in it, you know, in the long run, whether it's they support our tournaments, whether they sponsor something, whether they make a donation, great. So at this point, with no membership fee, you can sign up on our website, which is www.walleyelines.com. And then we do newsletters and so forth. So right now, I'd say we're back right around that 300 because it was an annual membership. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're starting to climb that mountain up again, getting people more involved in, in, again, what we're doing. But COVID definitely made things really difficult there for a while to have outings and keep that membership uh, up to what we're trying to do there. So what is the uh, next big uh, project for the Walleye Alliance? Well, I would say we just we completed our spring tournament on Gull, which was May 22nd. Um, that was the first one that we've done we had one planned last year but again back to the covid stuff we weren't able to do that so we actually did an online one which was fun um but this was our first in-person one it was on ernie's out of golf um good time so now our our next one is september 26th up on pelican lake um and that will be an in-person tournament so again if you're interested in fishing that i think it's a 200 entry fee for a two-person team all the details we've got on our website or, or our social media Facebook page. Um, that's our next big activity. We're just now starting to plan for our spring banquet, which is usually towards the end of April. Um, we're trying to land on a featured speaker. So those are our next two big things we got going. We got little small stuff going on in between. We usually do a couple summer socials where we do real informal get-together, grill out, have a couple pops, beers kind of thing, little mini fishing tournament, just fun. Again, family-oriented, try and get the kids out, that kind of stuff. What would you say your your next push is going to be as far as, uh, you know, like you mentioned, the four-fish limit? Are you obviously still need to work on that if you want to see that happen? Because I don't believe that has happened yet. Um, any other legislative or DNR-type things you guys are looking at right now? Not really at this point. I actually just got word... Um, so that, that four-fish limit thing we started again two years ago. The first year was more of an education piece, kind of getting awareness. Uh, this past year, we made a pretty hard push. Senator Kerry Root from Breezy Point was the uh, main author that we've been working with on that. She actually just got a hold of me last night late and found out that the bill did not make it through as of yesterday, which was disappointing, but at the same time, you know, it, it didn't surprise me. Uh, the DNR was very supportive of it. So uh, it sounded like she said next year she was willing to bring it forth again, which I think we probably will. At the same time, I'm kind of hopeful that maybe the DNR would make bring their own proposal forward. Um, the controversial part of it is four-fish limit technically wouldn't make a big difference in the populations. There's studies that show that. You have to get down to that two or three fish limit in order to make a beneficial population change. You get down below four fish, and that's where you lose a lot of support from the public. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the difficulty that we're doing there. This year with the four fish limit, we figured, if nothing else, it's trying to bring awareness, get people thinking about, hey, I don't need to keep 
as many walleyes as I keep all the time kind of a thing. So there's a lot going on to that. But I think in some for some manner, we're going to continue next year with that. But as of right now, it sounds like just found out it's dead. Okay. So uh, it's the Walleye Alliance. People listening, you just told us how you become a, a local member to your uh, your group. And I'm assuming, since you're the only group, uh, anybody anywhere in the state who wants to join, you'd be fine with that, right? Sure. The more, the better. Um, we try and be pretty active on Facebook. Um, we put all of our events on there. And then also what I try and do is any kind of studies to back up, again, whether it's the four fish limit or whether it's invasive species change it, whether it's water temperatures that seem to be affecting stocking efforts. I try and put a lot of that scientific data on there too just to you know to educate people to let them know some of the concerns that are going on um so it does if you got some free time go to that and and read all the different studies they're from all over the united states not just minnesota but by any means uh, anyone that's interested in walleye fishing we would welcome you to sign up and be a member and and the more the better you know uh we've got a very wide range of members at this point so I would absolutely encourage anyone that has any interest to go sign up there for free. And I would think, you know, uh, here in Bemidji, for example, you know, Alexandria, other uh, good uh, walleye communities probably could get their own chapter going if they, they were interested in that. Uh, what what would be the starting process for that? Um, they absolutely could. Uh, a lot of it depends on you got to kind of figure out what your goals are. That will dictate, you know, the type of organization. Uh, there's different types of nonprofit organizations. Then you got to file for um, a tax listing for that. So that's kind of the starting point. Then to, you know, come up with a board, bylaws. So I was new to all this stuff. Luckily, a lot of the board members that we have on our organization have previous experience, whether it's with the, you know, JCs or uh, camp confidence so they've been through that kind of stuff before um which again i always say in order to be successful you surround yourself with the right people and the successful people that know how to make that work which i think our board does so we've got a real wide range of, of folks business owners on there too and, and that's kind of i'd say a starting point for folks if they're interested in doing something like this but i encourage them to do it because it does make a difference you can support your local you know fishing community plus then as a whole especially with the way politics are, if you want a voice to represent your fishing desires, your needs, all that kind of stuff, now's the time you got to do that. So absolutely, if people are open to having an organization, I'd say look into it. And I'm more than willing to try and help any people if they have any questions on how to start a group. And again, what's the website if people want to take a look at what you guys are doing? Sure, it's walleyealliance.com. And then also Facebook, if you just type in Walleye Alliance Inc., we will show up and we've got a whole bunch of information on there. Later on in the show, we'll ask Nate about the walleye bite in the Brainerd Lakes area, but up next, it's Mandy Urich. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. Are you looking to plan a fishing trip? Look no further as Bemidji, Minnesota is your year-round destination for walleyes, pike, muskie, bass, perch, crappie, panfish, and more. With over 400 fishing lakes within a 25-mile radius of Bemidji, come take a cast of becoming a fishing legend. While you're on your fishing adventure, come take a picture with the historic Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Discover the first city on the Mississippi, Bemidji, one step further. 
This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Well, time to check in with Mandy Urich out of the Brainerd Lakes area, who is uh, busy doing a ton of things. Uh, we're going to start off, Mandy, uh, talking about uh, a, a cool story you have about a Father's Day surprise, and uh, we'll let you just take it from there. I wanted to mention it last week, but I couldn't because he listens to the radio show, so I didn't want to even give a hint that this was a possibility. So a friend of mine had reached out a few months ago and wanted to do something super special for her dad for Father's Day. Uh, She lives in Arizona, and she wanted to fly in and surprise him on Father's Day and have me take them both fishing. It's been way, way too long since both of them have been fishing, and her dad is an avid angler, and he specifically loves to catch sunfish. So we start this process a few months ago. We get tickets booked. We're trying to figure out, you know, logistics and how to do this and this grand surprise. And there's, you know, multiple people, like, filming it secretly. And just it just goes to a testament of, you know, Minnesota and your roots and, like, how important those memories are as a kid, you know, fishing with your dad moving forward into, like, later in life. So we get her here. Uh, everything's planned. And then obviously... It rained all day on Sunday, like it, mm. which we needed. We needed it so badly, yeah. but so we had to kind of backtrack on on Saturday. More people got involved. They had this really epic surprise um, where they, instead of us surprising them on Sunday, we surprised them on Saturday night uh, with a pontoon ride. And Sunny pops out on the dock, and it was it was heart wrenching. <laughs> um, you know, everybody was really emotional about it. So we had to plan. I'm like, what am I going to do? And then. Obviously, Monday, right after we got this great all-day rain, I mean, the temp was in the 50s, and it's blowing 20-plus miles an hour. And I'm going, okay, I can do this. I can figure this out. So I had reached out to a friend of mine who actually um, has a little private lake with no access that has a pontoon on there. And it's probably one of the most spectacular sunny lakes I know in the area. Told him the story. He's like, yes, absolutely. So pick them up on Monday, and Sunny's from Arizona, right? She just came from 114 degrees, <laughs> 58. So I literally have her in a snowsuit. This is no joke. Like, she is bundled till the hilt. Uh, pick them up, get them out to the lake. Uh, we get on the water, and his first, very first cast is a 10-and-a-half-inch sun, sunfish. I mean, he is just so ecstatic, and we're, we're filming, and literally the bite was amazing. I felt like... It was a true miracle. Like, I was nervous because of that cold front, how the bite was going to be. And we literally spent, you know, four hours on the water with basically as fast as you could cast. We were catching sunfish and, and bass, and it just it all came together. But what a what an amazing Father's Day gift, right? Like, I think about that with, with my dad and the time on the water, but, you know, that's something that he flat out said, you know, he's going to remember this for the rest of his life, so... Oh, yeah. Kudos to fishing, bringing families together. Well, yes, it does in so many ways. You know, I was at the uh, Knights of Columbus Walleye Classic uh, a couple weeks ago and, you know, went over to the table in the end, and there was three generations of Petersons, Dwayne Peterson and Travis Peterson and uh, Jace Peterson. And and it just made uh, Dwayne so proud and so happy to be able to sit at this table with about 10 of his uh, kids and grandkids. So, yeah, those are the kinds of things that are great. And as a a father of adult-grown children of a, a couple that live out of the area, if one of them popped in, and we got to go fishing with great guide like Mandy Urich, uh, we would be just ecstatic. So yeah, no, those are those are the the, the moments that you truly live for. I you know, I, I think any guide can can tell you the reason why they get into it. it. It's 
it's to watch those moments unfold in front of you uh, and just give you that little bit of a, a glow off of the situation. So oh, my heart is full, and that's, <laughs> that's my high point for last week. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, so how often do you get to go fishing with family? Unfortunately, not as often as I if I would like. Um, my father passed away a few years ago, um, and he was obviously my influence on why I got into fishing. You know, I grew up the whole time uh, in Devil's Lake with him on the water, and that he really influenced that that passion and that love for the outdoors for me. But uh, I feel like I've got an extended family uh, mm-hmm. that I try to get out as much as possible with. Um, but yeah, he can always do more, right? Yeah, and you know what? Uh, that is that's pretty true about the fishing industry or just the the fishing community. Even those who are not actually in the industry that just do it, it, it is a brotherhood, a sisterhood. It is an extended family, it really is. No, oh, I agree. <laughs> I I literally have like I've got a TV dad that I call. Uh, <laughs> it's Steve Panaz. I've known him for like twenty years, and you know we've worked together, and I've just known him, and yeah, like we'll we'll run each other and first thing out of my mouth is dad and everybody kind of looks like that's not his daughter (laughs) he's like oh yes it's my adopted daughter (laughs) oh yeah it's it's so cool uh what a great story and what a uh, yeah you're right Uh, as a dad i can tell you he's not forgetting that for the rest of his life that's for sure um so uh what else have you been doing then that's that's pretty hard to come down from that one i know time (laughs) on the water uh, doing a little bit of a little bit of exploring. I've had leagues. Uh, yeah, I mean, between work and it's like run, 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 trying to get on the water as much as possible. So yeah, just fishing. Hopefully, you know, getting out on the, the water this weekend. Uh, I got a special <clears throat> friend that's uh, home finally. Uh, Austin Felix is one of my good friends, and he's home from the Bassmaster Classic. So. We usually try to make a couple annual trips out to the big pond and go crush some smallies together. So he'll be coming in this weekend, and uh, hopefully we'll be hitting the big pond. How did he do in the classic? Uh, yeah, I think he finished about the middle of the pack. I want to okay. say this is maybe his third appearance in there, um, which is great. You know, Last year he was the 2020 Bassmaster Elite Rookie of the Year. Oh, wow. Which is pretty amazing. You know, one of our local Minnesota homegrown guys uh, makes it to the Bassmaster Elite, which is the best, the best in the world, and then takes Rookie of the Year. So, you know, it's cool. We, we had a couple of guys. We had him and Seth Sider from Minnesota uh, made the classic, and, and you know, Jeff Gustafson, Gussie from Ontario, is also a good friend, made the classic too. So, overall, I think we had a really good local showing there. I, I got to tell you, the uh, the Minnesota and North contingent is getting bigger and bigger in the Bassmaster Classic. We're invading the those Southerners. I wonder how they feel about that. I don't know, but I love the fact that the Johnson boys and Gussie, you know, coming in from Ontario are really making a presence there. And then, you know, our boys, uh, Bob Downey, Seth Fighter, uh, Austin Felix out of, you know, Minnesota, too. It, it, historically, you know, it's been a Southern thing, right? And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, you know, we're coming in and... Uh, they're they're really making their presence known and, and, and known well. And we've seen it when they had that northern swing last year uh, with predominant smallmouth lakes. Like, the northern boys dominated, you know, absolutely dominated. So that that's really cool. Well, you know, this is this is our revenge on uh, in Californians and, and, and others from uh, south of the Mason-Dixon line picking up hockey and now, you know, being pretty good at that. So now... <laughs> 
love it. I know. Sometimes it just doesn't seem real, right? Like, why do they have a hockey team? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, so now we can take over Bassmaster. So that'll, that'll even things out a little bit. Not this weekend, but, of course, next weekend, 4th of July weekend. And it's going to be, I would guess, absolutely insane on the various waters in, in uh, Brainerd Lakes area. Boy, if you're going to be out there fishing, if you're going to be out there doing anything, just remember there's other people enjoying the water one way or the other, too. But everybody should just be cool, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, the, just this past uh, couple weeks, obviously, we're starting to see a lot of recreational traffic. You know, and when you're out there and you've got, you know, b- big boats zooming by and, and jet skis, yes, everybody has the right to the water, but everybody needs to be very cognizant of what the rules and the laws are that apply to those things. You know, everybody needs to be respectful, not only on the water, but, you know, at the ramps. And it can become a dangerous situation, and people really need to be proactive um, when they're on the water watching out for other boats. Uh, you know, people can get distracted. So, yeah, safety is going to be the number one thing. And uh, if you do want to go fishing, get off the big bodies of water and go find yourself a little secret pond with a small ramp on it and spend a nice day on the water. Absolutely. Um, all right, if we're going to go out fishing, what should we be doing right now? What's what's happening? What's working? <sighs> well, we just, it was crazy, right? Like, we went from these, like, 90-plus degree weather. We got the rain. We got this, like, crazy cold front that moved through, and it was down in the 50s. Yesterday, I felt it was, like, gorgeous. You know, it was back up into, you know, the high 60s, low 70s. Um, and then today, you know, moving through the rest of the week, we're having, like, we're still moving back up. We're, we're going to be in, like, this high-pressure system that's going to switch. So you're going to have, like, you know, the super bluebird skies, uh, you know, which hopefully move into more overcast and the pressure will start to fall. Um, I am still like gung ho. Um, when we, with anytime you make a pressure change or, you know, on the back end of a, of a front like this, um, you, you gotta slow down. And I was on the water last night and hands down, like we had the best pattern going. There was multiple people that couldn't even find a limit of bass. And, uh, we were throwing um, heavier, small spinner baits and heavy, small chatter baits with a literally like the slowest retrieve possible in the thickest cabbage we could find. And it, it was the ticket. Uh, those fish, right, when it's super high sun, they're going to dig down into the vegetation or they're going to find wood or cover, things like that. Um, which people forget, especially when you're throwing like a spinner baiter or a chatter bait or anything like that. Um, you have to adjust the weight of the lure and your retrieve to make sure that bait is getting to where it needs to be in the water column, which means when it's high sun, you want that bait to be lower in the water column. Or on the opposite end, when it's, it's overcast or raining or really, really windy, um, then you can leave that bait in the upper water column because that's where those fish are going to be. But here again... I don't know what's going on. The pike are still chewing. It's like I run a, uh, a leader on 90% of my baits just for the simple fact that until those fish, especially the pike, move out deeper, I mean, they're right in there with everything else. And I really don't like to lose $10 lures. <laughs> and when you're catching, you know, 20, 30, you know, pike a day, uh, that puts a lot of stress on that lure and that line. So, Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of ready for those spikes to, to move out a little bit, and uh, I can downsize and, and just play with the species I want to play with. 
You know, it's interesting that you mentioned the pike. Uh, you're waiting for them to move out. I've been hearing a lot from walleye guys, too. The walleyes haven't really moved out, either. There's still plenty of walleyes along the uh, along the weed lines, too. Correct. Uh, I did get, get word from uh, our buddy Keith Tuma. He was out uh, on golf practicing for the tournament last weekend for Minbass, and he calls and he's just like, you will not believe of the giant school of walleye that I've seen, and he's just, like, on this sand break in, like, six feet of water. He's just like, I you know, I rolled by there two days in a row, and he's like, you can see them. He's like, you're the biologist. Explain this to me. What are they doing there? <laughs> he's like, why are they not out deep yet? So, I was like, my only answer for him on that is the wind had been rolling into that sand point for a few days, like two or three days straight, so I'm assuming that it was pushing that bait. Right yeah. up into uh, that that weed line edge there, and that's why they were cruising it. But yeah, I mean, as, as high as our water temps are right now, I'm completely shocked that those fish are not out, you know, in 20 plus feet of water, and they're not. There was two last night that were uh, caught out on a you know little league, and they were like four pounds and five pounds, but yeah, they were in like six feet of water. It's insane. If you don't like fishing deep, uh, this has been a good year for you. Uh, you can catch it's anything been, it's you want. Been a really good year. <laughs> <laughs> um, what have you been hearing in general from the walleye guys and the uh, and the uh, musky nuts? Uh, are they catching stuff? I haven't, and I need to reach out this week. Uh, I haven't talked to my musky guys for a while. Normally, I you know I'll start seeing some pictures pop up, and I haven't seen anything, so it'll be interesting to reach out to them. A lot of the walleye guys. You know, they're making that transition. You know, I always talk about the, the, the staples, right, where you you'd go to leech and a bobber, you catch everything. I mean, it really is a, a go-to simple one. But we're, we're in that time right now where you can you control uh, the weed lines. <clears throat> and I would say if you're going to do this, you get on your trolling motor. <laughs> There's a reason why we have it, a trolling motor. You don't <laughs> need to use that big motor. Um, if, you, if if you've got the capabilities, you need to do that. Because if you're, if you're running... Uh, along those weed lines with your big motor, you're going to be kicking those fish out. Obviously, that trolling motor gives you a little bit of stealth. But uh, inline uh, spinner baits right now, uh, maybe with uh, a night crawler or a leech, uh, I really like slow death. And a, a slow death, if you're unfamiliar with it, the hook has a, a crazy little twist in it, and it actually rotates that night crawler uh, in a circular pattern as, as you're trolling it along. Uh, can be really super deadly right now. So they're still in shallow. They're still in the veg. Um, you know, 1.1 to 1.8 miles an hour, trolling right over the, the, the top of that vegetation line, and you should be able to pick up some walleyes. And good news for you, you get a new boat. I get a new boat finally. <laughs> oh, I know everybody that, that has ordered a boat is in this pickle, and... Um, I, I ordered a boat last November, and I was actually able to sell my 2075 um, and my 1875 Bass Pro Vs. They went to wonderful homes. One went to uh, Utah, and the other one went to Wisconsin. And, yes, I've been anxiously anticipating the shiny new rig. So I will be picking that up and uh, getting that broken and everything swapped over to that boat. So... Yay! <laughs> nice. Um, so, what are you? What are you going to be driving? Uh, I'm going to be driving a 2075 uh, Lund Bath Pro V with a 250 V8 Merc on it. 
That'll move. <laughs> it's good. It's good. <laughs> so, and I'm I am a totally a creature of habit. Uh, the the Bass Pro V line actually came up with a new design this year. So I was spoiled, right? Like I had a 2019. Oh, <laughs> and, and I sold that because I like the new design better. So I uh, ordered this one. Um, but yeah, she scoots. It, it's it's such a great crossover boat. And the cool part about, about that boat in particular, um, I actually got to help design that boat when they first came out, mm. which for me is like, you know, the highlight of someone's life to be able to be brought in with a company that, you know, my dad looked up to and I've been with for a long time and uh, see that process of what it takes to design these boats and to put them together. And so, yeah, I, I take great pride in that boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's pretty cool, you know, now owning three of them. Three of them? Three of them, <laughs> yep. <laughs> you mentioned crossover boat. For most of us, I mean, that's really what we want. And we're not going to get a specialty boat for this species or a specialty boat for that species. We're just not out there enough mm-hmm. to do that. Uh, we need a good boat that uh, that'll work fine for whatever you're fishing for. Yeah, and, and you know they call it the the Bass Pro V. I mean, realistically, that boat can handle big water. I've taken it all over the place with no issues whatsoever. Um, the hull design still has a nice V in it, so it cuts really good. But at the same time, uh, it can draft in super shallow water. Uh, it's got a ton of storage, big wide decks. There's a northern style and a southern style, and I have the northern style, so it actually has, like, pedestal, pedestal seating in there. So it's not like a bass boat, so you can throw the kids in there. It's got pop-up seats. You can go tubing. You can go water skiing. In, and on top of it, you can fish any species you want in any type of water. So, yes, realistically, like, that is that is the best crossover, I think, that you can have. Um, the, the problem when you have regular bench seat bass boats is you're really limited. You're limited for the people that you can put in there. Um, if you wanted to guide or take people with special needs or have more than two people in the boat with you. So, yeah, I think I'm getting the, the, the best of both worlds with that. Well, you've been waiting since November. Uh, I know you know people in the business. Are you hearing anything about any easing of the uh, tightness of the market right now? Uh, no. Mm. <laughs> Unfortunately not. It, you know, the, there's components all the way across the board right i feel like everybody who got like their um checks over this past year of every fisherman in the united states must have went out and ordered brand new hummingbird graphs or talons or trolling motors because even if you are able right now to get boats a lot of people are struggling to find any kind of graph uh, anything that goes with them but let alone that we forget about all the parts that go into the boats and it's, it's across the board right like it's affecting every industry that there is um, with components in different parts. So it's it's now not about, you know, not having the workforce because of COVID. They've, you know, people have got the workforce, but we forget about, you know, this is worldwide and where all of our, our components come from for everything that we do, so... Well, that's yeah. That's it's it's crazy um, the ripple effects this whole thing has had from the past year. Uh, hopefully, we'll we'll get through it relatively soon. I know there's a ton of people chopping at the bit to get a new boat, or actually to buy wood that uh, doesn't cost them a third or fourth mortgage. So, uh, oh my God. <laughs> all of those things we hope will ease a little bit. Well, Mandy, um, I know you're, you're going to be on Lakeland TV uh, Thursday night. Uh, what are we going to? What are we going to see? Where are we going to see a fish on Thursday night? Uh, you're going to see us fishing on Lake Hubert. Lake Hubert in the uh, which is uh, 
where? It's not very far from Brainerd. No, it's a little bit closer to Nisswa. Okay. All right. Lake Hubert will be featured on Thursday night, and that's on Lakeland Public uh, TV, or Lakeland PBS, Lakeland News at 10 o'clock. And Mandy Urich is always a great guest and always willing to share some great information. So, Mandy, thank you for everything, and thank you for the great story today. We appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kevin. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Checking back in with Nate Blazing of S&W Guide Service. Well, as long as we have you on the line, Nate, let's talk a little fishing. How's the bite been over in your neck of the woods? Well, I'd say since the last time we talked, um, that was before that hot spell, it, it, it actually got somewhat tough for walleyes during that hot spell when we didn't have wind. If we had wind, it was a pretty good bite. Um, the bass in northern lately have been really, really fun. A lot of nice bass. They're transitioning a little deeper. You can get them anywhere from, I'd say, 6 to 15 feet, but they are starting to slide out into that deeper weeds. Um, the cabbage growth is really, really good right now. Uh, you got stuff 13 feet down that's already at the top of the surface. And, again, that seems to be holding most all the fish. Um, I would say the bigger pike we have found this past week are sliding out into that deeper water since water temps are low to mid 70s right now um those bigger pike have slid out into that 25 to 35 foot range where it's cooler water the smaller pike seem to be up in the weeds um walleyes are starting to transition a little bit we're still doing quite a bit of bobber fishing with a leech and a jig in you know anywhere from 8 to 15 feet of water Yesterday, I was on the water all day on gull, and for the first time, I found quite a few fish out in that 18 to 23-foot range, and they cooperated pretty good. So right now, I would say it's been a really fun multi-species action. Again, if you want multi-species, just go up in the weeds, throw a bobber and leech out, and you're going to catch a little of everything. Really nice sunfish in there as well, so it's fun. You know, it's a, it's been a particular up our way. It's been a very good fishing year. Um, species, uh, all species, really seem to have been quite active. People are catching fish, and uh, and as you noted, uh, just noticing them start to move out now. It's uh, it's been a shoreline bite for a long time. It, it has, and again, it's been an odd year with the way, like we talked about before. Spring started off early, and then it kind of slowed down. We had an extended spring, and it got really hot. So I think that's what's part of what's keeping a lot of those fish shoreline-related structure and then the weed growth is it's all about the bait fish. If you've got good concentrations on minnows or young-of-the-year perch up there, that's where the fish are going to be. So, uh, And, again, mayfly hatch, we had quite a few of those. A lot of the fish were regurgitating uh, mayfly larvae, so... All that stuff is close to shore if you, they want it. So right now I think they're just starting to eat up some of that um, bait fish and why they're starting to move out real slow. So I think we're we're just at the very, very beginning stage of our summer transition right now. All right. Well, as we move into the summer transition, that means we need to have a few different things in the boat than we maybe have had uh, thus far. Yes, yes, and... That's what we're starting to see. Again, leeches have been pretty productive for a while, but uh, you can pick your poison now, whether it's a, a crawler and a spinner or a slow death, you know, hook trolling that. You can do the uh, spinner with a leech on it. You can lindy rig with a minnow. 
the bobber bite still going strong. Um, guys are doing more trolling. Um, we're getting to the time where if you want to do some of your deeper basin trolling with lead core or deep driving cranks, that always is a productive method for big fish, whether it's northern or walleye. Um, so it's kind of whatever you prefer, you know, or go back to fishing is a thing about confidence. I always say, even if you don't think that is going to work for you, if you have confidence in, you're probably going to have better luck doing that than something that you don't have confidence in. So whatever your forte is, go with it, and you're going to get get some fish right now, I'd say. All right. Yeah, and the thing is, uh, as you noted, uh, pretty much everything's biting. Yep, it's, it's the perfect time of the year for uh, – I've been taking some kids out, and the beauty of throwing that bobber and leech out in the weeds is – Every single time, you're getting multi-species. I think the other day we had walleye, northern, largemouth, smallmouth, perch, sunfish. Um, that was about it. So it, it's, it really keeps you on your toe, and it's fun because the kids get real excited to try and figure out what the next bite's going to be. Okay. Well, if people want to uh, fish the Brainerd Lakes area and want a good uh, guide who knows what's going on there, how can they get a hold of you and get something set up? Sure. I would say call the bait shop. Uh, Sherry answers the phones there. Phone number is 218-829-7010. Otherwise, we do have a website, uh, com, or social media, Facebook, SNW Guide Service as well in the Brainerd area. Uh, any particular lakes you, you expect here in the next few weeks that, that maybe you kick in that, that start a little later than others? Well, our, our normal transition here, I've been on Gull, Pelican, North Lawn, and Mille Lacs the last month, month and a half. I was just looking at my guide schedule, and almost the next month I'm on Whitefish, the Whitefish chain in particular, which usually that's a end of June, July, August kind of bite. Um, yet to be seen, uh, we're able to mark fish the, up there, but the bite hasn't been real strong, so I'm hoping that kicks in, but... Again, I think up there we're dealing with a whole lot of forage, and so those fish can be a little more particular and eat when they want to eat kind of a thing. But I'm hopeful that whitefish is going to be our, our next lake to turn on here. Um, that would help me greatly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Nate Blazing of S&W Guide Service and heading up the uh, Brainerd Area Walleye Alliance. Great information on, on both things. Hey, Nate, thanks for your time today. Really appreciate you sharing it with us. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Great talking to you, and you have a good one. The weekend is here. Get out there and fish. We'll talk to you Monday. Fish out. Bob Barn, yeah. Country. Country.